You're listening to Spawn on Me on ESN.FM. And welcome to the Spawn on Me podcast. This is episode 74, and I am your host, the great one, Cicero Holmes, aka Stubby Stan. And I am here with, I'm not even going to mess around and say anything this time. Kai's not here. He's a bum. He tried <laughs> to, uh, he tried to fight me. There was, there was no haps in that. He lost. And now I'm hosting the show by myself. Kai, get well soon or something. Don't get beat up by your wife. Um, but in, <laughs> in, instead of instead of having him with me today, I've got actually two wonderful guests, uh, two fellow residents of Bricago. Um The first is uh, someone who was here on on the radio with us and and was with our first annual spawnies he was a guest at that point who won our prize won the contest to be on the spawnies and then started a podcast at that point called more than bits and now has created a podcasting network empire and uh, <laughs> so i i just i just want to you know, have Bricago welcome back, Mr. Matthew Lancaster. Matt, how you doing, man? Very well. You can hold the applause. Don't, you don't have to stand <laughs> up. It's okay. I, oh, I usually okay. get greeted right. and, and usually bow down to at work. I tell them, don't, don't get up. It's okay. Um, you, you, you walk on rose petals? That, that's it. You know, I, my farts smell <laughs> like roses, too. That's what I've been there told. There you go. All right. But, yeah, you know, I'm basically um, the white equivalent of Cicero Holmes. Uh, oh, you know, I, I, I look good. I talk highly of myself, and it's all true. So, oh, and I, I will eat a McRib sandwich. So, right on, my but man. let's be honest. But let's be honest. Cod did not get beat up by you. He tripped and hurt his ankle probably for the fourth time in the last year. That's why he's out. <laughs> I didn't want. I didn't want to say it. You know, Cod. It wasn't me. It was Matt. <laughs> it, hey, listen. I, you know, I'm trying to keep your secrets secret safe, man. I'm. Tr- you know, I'm trying to. <laughs> You'd have been better off just getting beat up by me instead of tripping and falling. <laughs> we all know that's the truth. Um, our other guest is, ironically enough, uh, I I spoke with these people within 24 hours of each other for the very first time. Uh, back back in the eve of the Spawnies, we had a meet and greet at uh, our one of our favorite places, the 42 Lounge, and got to meet this person, pl- press the flesh with this person, for the very first time, and he hey is an, he is an amazing person. And you guys can take that however you want. I don't care. <laughs> I will I will not deny anything um, because he is just he's just that beautiful of a man. Um, oh my! And and since since that time, uh, much like much like Matt, he has uh, grown in leaps and bounds and has become a podcaster in his own right. Uh, he is the guest or the co-host with Matt Lancaster and our very own Tanya DePass on the Chromatic Life. Um, he is the one and only, the beautiful man himself, Mr. Javier Piano. Javi, how you doing today, man? Oh, I'm amazing. What's up, Bracago? So so wonderful to be here. 
nice. wow i wish you could all see the smile on my face right now with that lovely <laughs> lovely introduction um right <laughs> so so awesome thank you cicero uh it's a dream come true to be here man i've been listening to you guys since the beginning and uh you know it's uh it's been it's been your words that have inspired me to make my own podcast so here i am man it's 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 a dream come oh, true man. being on spawn wow. on me wow well uh geez i don't even know where to go from there man like i guess lots of we love can end man. the show all right then yeah <laughs> hey peace everybody um but uh yeah you know what uh javi uh thanks so much for um being a loyal resident of Bracago and and for all of your kind words and 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 for all of the sharing of the show that you that you've done and we're we're uh more than pleased um to have been able to inspire you to become you know to pick up a microphone and speak your truth uh on the internet for people to hear so uh you know thanks thanks so much for allowing us to enter your life oh, always man so, always and and it also also it was Bracago that brought Javi and I together yes. because when I was looking to do the chromatic life it was none other than stubby Stan that said listen I get the perfect guy for you need to talk to him and uh we hit it off me and Javi he said you know he'd had the same electric filling that he had with me as he did with you Cicero but nice. he still said I'm second best uh, uh, well, I mean, it is known, but, but I, I appreciate, I appreciate the honesty. Uh, thanks. Thanks so much guys. Um, so yeah, so we're going to get into, we're going to get into, uh, the chromatic life. We're going to get into more than bits. We're going to get into fresh out of tokens. We're going to get into geeked FM, uh, you know, geeks and sneaks, all, all of the great shit that you guys are doing. But first and foremost, it is time for our obligatory housekeeping, uh, and obligatory house cleaning is as follows, uh, you know, obviously much like these guys, uh, thank you guys so much for listening and following and repping the show. Um, we had a really, really great week last week, uh, you know, hot off, hot off the heels of our, you know, just, just riding the wave of our no taxation, um, episode, but also I want to send, uh, a great, uh, thank you and shout out to Gita Jackson and Patrick Klepek. I don't know why I led with Gita since she wasn't there, but she, you know, still <laughs> nonetheless, uh, Patrick Klepek and Sam. And I forgot your last name, Sam, because you're not on Twitter. Sam, you got to get on Twitter. You know, stop messing around. Don't be on the Instagram. That's for the kids, kids. Um, <laughs> but but, uh, you know, I just want to thank those guys and and their match three podcast for uh, hosting me being very, very gracious hosts, uh, Patrick and Sam to me and and allowing me to be on their show um it was a fantastic time and and uh people seem to like it so uh thanks again and uh hopefully we'll be getting those guys to come to Bracago. Gita's already she's already got a condo here in Bracago, and hopefully we can get Patrick and Sam on too uh so thanks thanks so much guys for uh for you know again your hospitality and uh you know me to share the airways it was it was a great great time yeah it was a great um, episode i had a lot of fun listening to oh that. man thanks a lot yeah. thanks a lot yeah we 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 talked about uh, a lot of really cool things um the correct pronunciation of the word gif um <laughs> oh it's a great topic we 
yeah, yeah, always, always, always. Uh, so, so very controversial. And I, I think the most important thing that we that we talked about were um, hedgehog orgies. Um, the title of the episode is Hedgehog Sex. And uh, we talk about this uh, Sonic the Hedgehog game that is made by these these guys. It's not even a Sonic the Hedgehog game. It's called like Sonic Dream or something like that. It's Sonic Dream really fucking weird. Yeah, Sonic Dream Collection. There you go. Javi knows. It, it was it was weird. It's it was really really weird. It it was it was an acid trip. Uh, just the description alone <laughs> was 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 really fucking crazy. Um, but yeah, man, it was, you know, nonetheless, great time. Um, and, uh, we've gotten a great response from it and we really appreciate everybody that's, uh, in and around and new to Bricago. So I want to say welcome to you guys and hopefully you guys will find a place and, uh, stay a while. Uh, we've got great Cheddar Bay biscuits yeah. and McRibs are always in fashion. <laughs> so, um, so let's you know let's move on to to you guys uh matt and javi and and uh matt first uh you know like i said when when we first talked to you you were like a week away from producing the first episode of your first podcast more than bits and um more than bits is still going on in fact i've actually been on more than bits um and and there were there were lots of I don't know what it is about me and guesting on people's shows and their weird innuendos sexual innuendos <laughs> on the show just bring uh, that out in people so some, yeah I, I guess so yeah you talked about some big black thing that I had um, <laughs> <laughs> on, that's one on big microphone was <laughs> yes one big black microphone you know, <laughs> yes it's a big black mic i do have a i do have a uh a big microphone that is in the camera and it is it does happen to be black i i don't know let's and let's i so happen to have a very very small white microphone in front of me i'm just saying <laughs> you know but but my dad always said it's it's not how you uh how big your microphone is it's how you talk into it so exactly well they they go these are not <laughs> euphemisms for anything we are speaking about literal terms um but <laughs> maybe but yeah, maybe so, with you i don't know about me though uh, <laughs> anyways so matt when uh when you began more than bits um first off i guess first off tell the people tell Bricago what more than bits is what the show is about and uh you know how you started it and then and then we can talk about the the vision and how more than bits became a conglomerate okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely go I, i'm feeling the i'm thinking about shaving my head bald because we got so big i could be the lex luthor of podcasts but there you go it, you know when more than bits came out it was just at first it was just me the first two episodes the first episode there was just talk the second episode i went on fiverr and I found someone to do basically the theme song for it. You know, I said it went something like Super Mario. He said, this is great. I've been wanting to do something like this. And he put it together, paid $5, got this nice little 8-bit sounding uh, beginning and ending. And nice. and since then, I've added two friends I actually uh, worked with before. Uh, Ron, who's a Baptist minister. Pastor uh, Ron. Pastor Ron. And then also Pagan Lex Pendragon, his real name, I won't give away. <laughs> But that's his uh, Taken name. And we all used to work together at UPS. And um, we were all really good friends. You know, time drifted apart a little bit, came back together. I wanted to be kind of like the, you know, hardcore gamer dad type of 
podcast and what's turned into over the past 15 episodes is really us talking about being geek parents and one, how we can pass that along to our kids. And then two, um, as parents, what can we do better in giving up what we call uh, leveling up parent tips for people who just kind of, you know, don't know exactly how to handle the uh, geekiness, but uh, can help them go through it. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. So now uh, you you also, um, be, you know, filling out and, and uh, f- you know, fulfilling your Lex Luthor uh, global domination dreams, you created a network around i guess around more than bits and and you've had an idea for for another podcast geeks and sneaks which you've you've brought to fruition as well and uh now you've got geeked fm so when did geek geek.fm become a thing and and geeks and sneaks and and talk about the other shows that are on that are on the network so yeah so the idea with geeks and sneaks was basically the idea that i think a lot of times at least myself I've fallen into that, uh, you know, idea that as a geek, I'm supposed to be a certain way or as a cool guy, you know, I'm supposed to be a certain way. There's certain ways you act if you're in certain groups and you hang out with certain people. And one of the things I never wanted to be was a meathead, right? I I never liked meatheads per se, but a lot of people now, especially there's geeks and sneaks, right? There's geeks out there running, lifting, whatever it may be. It's, It's totally a more diverse area, I think, in athletics and sports than it used to be. And we all know that the normal uh, idea of a geek is normally your fat white guy who's pimply and lives in the basement of your mother's house. Right. And I wanted to kind of break away from that and show that, hey, you can be geek and you can be athletic if you need to be. Mm-hmm. And then I figured, well, that's two podcasts. I want to have a third. I mean, what's the point? I might as well have a network. And not only have a network, but I want then at this point in time, as I'm listening to things, everything's going ape shit in this world, especially for the black community, right? Let's right. be honest. You know, we, we've right. talked about all those things, such as Ferguson and everything else. I thought to myself, why not have a diverse and not just gaming, but a whole bunch of other ideas of, of what a, a network should be? Just kind of like this, you know, smorgasbord, mishmash, melting pot of podcasts, just like America was built on originally. And that led into what became the chromatic life and i don't even know how how do we javi jump in how do we end up talking to tanya how do we get her involved i can't even remember we just we hit her up on twitter i believe and that was like here's what happened you asked her and she said yes you know i had been uh, been talking to tanya for a while we had both you know thrown podcast ideas out there and stuff like that and she had at the moment that you and i first started to talk she had just come out with her first episode of Fresh Out of Tokens podcast, which is her um, video game podcast, also on the Geeked FM network. Um, and I never thought she would agree to be on a second podcast because she's, you know, she's writing, she's <laughs> appearing at AlterConf, she's doing a million things. Um, but she said yes, you know, so she obviously wanted to have that conversation on on. Uh, diversity and talk about you know topics in the margin in the marginalized community um so we were just very very blessed that she agreed to be there with us she's definitely the star power i think in the in in the podcast <laughs> I, I would agree i mean uh you know she's really been doing some great things and, and i was tickled pink you know i'll use my old man terms uh, whenever she said she was going to be <laughs> involved and uh, it was really exciting and i just said to her Hey, if you ever want to, you can put Fresh Out of Tokens on Geek FM, 
and she sent me basically some JPEGs and didn't say anything. I'm like, uh, does that mean you want to be a part of the network? Not that it's much of a network yet, but is that, that mean you want to be? She's like, oh, yeah, I forgot to write that in the body of the, the email. Yeah, sure, that'd be great. And um, since then, you know, we've really been working together. We talk every day, me, Tanya, Javi, uh, just thinking about ideas, talking about what's going on in the world. And that's really what the Chromatic Life's about, is just looking at things from, you know, not to use uh, the the moniker of isometric, but from a different perspective. And it's not just right. about gaming. We do talk about that to a, a small degree, you know, minute degree. But it's really about what's going on in the world. What's the crazy shit that's going on in the world? What's the matter with it? How can we change it? And what can we do to make the place a little bit better, if if possible? And to talk about different perspectives, right? Male, female, you know, talking about uh, this week. I didn't get to be on it because I was busy yesterday, but they recorded uh, talking about someone moving from uh, female to, to male in, in a book that came out, Finding Masculinity, with Alex Walker. So there's a lot of great right. things that we, we talk about and do, and, and that's the idea of Geeked FM. I'm trying to see about getting people involved um, to kind of come together as a group to talk about equality, diversity, and, and so forth. Nice. Nice. So so you've got the very popular, the the burgeoning star fresh out of tokens the media darling fresh out of tokens on your network you yeah you're you're you're, like i said you're a mogul man i i can say that i've had a girl in playboy on my podcast (laughs) wow (laughs) wow look at you now yeah but nobody really realizes what that means if you're if you're probably the unassuming uh you know horny adult you would think that i meant a centerfold but no i mean actually the the part where you read which right there are articles articles in that thing right that's what i've heard i heard it's for the articles i I just haven't got to that part yet oh okay yeah one day one day one day um so yeah man congratulations and and uh so how long how long is geek geek fm how long has geek fm been been in uh been in existence in circulation so i would say probably right now we're Hitting uh, at the end of the month, it'll be three months. So it hasn't been around for a ton, uh, right. but it it's it's growing. And I, I have a couple people on the radar that I would love to have come on. I've only tweeted at them and haven't been too serious, but uh, there's people uh, out there that I really want to do, like Castle to Castle. And you also see I've written out the justice points a couple times, nice. uh, see if they would want to join. Like I said, I think people look at it maybe as, as this normal, you know, you're you guys are on ESN.FM or you're five by five or whatever. It's, it's more about uh, spreading the wealth and love. It's the socialistic version of a, of a, you know, geek.fm. It's like the Bernie Sanders of uh, podcasts, <laughs> podcast nice. networks. So nice. Or the, well, uh, the, you know, affordable care act. Right. <laughs> Lancaster care. That's it's, right. <laughs> well, well, well done, and congratulations um, to to you and and to all of your endeavors. It's it's been fantastic, um, Javi. I'm going to pivot to you, and and I want you to kind of give your background and and talk about the chromatic life a little, and and uh, from your perspective, both as I, I I guess a newer newer podcaster what it's been like and and you know what the show means to you awesome yeah well thank you so much for the opportunity to speak uh a little bit about my background i uh i uh studied to become a music teacher so you know i play a couple different instruments cello guitar sing a little bit 
And um, so I've been teaching orchestra for the last five years and uh, started getting into game uh, into gaming podcasts but just by listening to isometric and spawn on me and so it was uh, it was a blessing for me really to to learn about you guys and learn about Bracago. Um, there had been these you know feelings that I had you could say um, things that I didn't know how to talk to people about especially people who, you know look different um, uh, and I feel like I got a lot of those words that I needed from listening to Spawn on me. Um, and after that, I was really able to, you know, sometimes in, in, you know, with all the crazy stuff going on in the world, you know, in class, I would stop and talk to the students and they always really appreciated that. Um, and then, the, you know, the next idea was to take it to the next level. And I saw the success that you guys were having and how, you know, you were able to have a show where you talked about serious topics, but then you brought it back and, you know, you always found the fun again after that. And uh, you're making a big difference and you make, made a big difference to me, really inspired me a lot. And um, it was good to see people of color really making it out there in the podcasting world because it is very... Uh, you know, it is very monochromatic, let's say, in the podcasting right. world right right now. And uh, shout out to Danny Pena over at Gamertag Radio. You know, um, he's one of the few Latino guys that I see doing podcasting, especially Dominican. What up, Latino? So, uh, you know, <laughs> so shout out to him. And, and it's just awesome. And, and I'm so proud of him winning the winning the, the podcaster hall of fame award it's just it's just so inspiring and uh um i was so thankful for, for you cicero hooking me up with matt and we really i mean started talking about it and a couple weeks later we were recording the first episode of chromatic life so since then nice. things have really been taken off and uh you know it's been it's been uh, it's been wonderful it's been a great learning experience um like you said this is my first time podcasting so uh, um, I'm thankful to you and to Kali for all your guidance, you know, especially on the tech end. And, uh, you know, you've been lending a, a great deal of, of assistance to us. As far as the content of the podcast, you know, we, we almost did um, another gaming podcast, but we wanted really to be we wanted uh, Chromatic Life to be more general, something that we can really talk about serious subjects because there's you know you better believe there's something every single week for us to talk about right. and uh right. a lot of it is controversial <laughs> a lot of it is uh you know things like for example i can't talk about some of this stuff in class you know and you talk about this on the internet there's always someone hollering at you so uh right. um you know what better way to raise awareness than to just uh, put our message out there into the world and you know We've had some amazing guests. Shout out to uh, Jamie Brodnack. Shout out to Quinn Murphy, um, Alex Walker. They've just uh, been wonderful, wonderful guests. And, you know, each bringing that perspective that a lot of people, you know, maybe aren't used to, maybe haven't heard. And that's the entire mission of, of, our, of our podcast, Chromatic Life, to uh, engage with every kind of person, you know, see all of the colors and uh, hit all of the notes and uh, we've been successful in our first four four episodes, so, uh, so we're really you know really <laughs> so grateful to be where we are right now. So wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So so you guys have had four episodes, and you've had Jamie Broadnax, 
Quinn Murphy and Austin Walker on the show? Oh, Alex Walker, Alex Walker. Austin Walker, oh, he's on Walker. the docket. We're going to get him soon. Oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm Quinn sure it'll Murphy. happen soon enough, but, you know. Oh, look at look at you. Look at you bastards, man. We, we're <laughs> teaching you guys really well. Look at that. So, yeah. Man, man. Uh, you know, so, uh, yeah, if you guys... You guys uh, aren't listening to the show. Obviously, you have to because just like Bricago, uh, you know, over in the Chromatic Life, they are getting great guests to come in and, and talk about talk about things in a, in a very, very real way. Because I know all of those people talk, you know, they don't mince words. So, I mean, no, that's, I, that's it, amazing. Yeah, they haven't. And, and I have to say, I mean, I, I wasn't on the fourth episode but uh, talking to Quinn Murphy is amazing. I just love that yeah, man. Quinn is dope. I mean, yeah, he is super dope, and he's just really it, – it's good to hear. I mean, he's intellectual and down to earth and just kind of has a, like, soothing voice. I don't want to say it's like yeah. – I don't know. It, it's like – Yeah, I mean, he, he, will. he will. He will, like if, – if you're in the middle of a fire or something like that, he will calm you down. Yeah, exactly. You know, He'll be, it's okay. It's just like it's, everything's okay. He he is the guy to talk you off the ledge. Exactly. He's like yeah. outside. Outside, I got a bucket of water, man. You won't be burning up if I just take you out there. <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, we we'll see you, Quinn. Unix admins, stand up. <laughs> admins, right. s- Stick together. Hey, coming. Coming soon to the Geek Def Network, Black Ops. So as <laughs> right, soon as we right. get that up yeah, and running, right? um so yeah yeah, so all right so the chromatic life four episodes in you've already gotten great guests um you're you know you guys are going out and you're basically uh you're you're taking it week by week and saying what kind of crazy bullshit is going on in the world right now let's talk about it let's kind of give everybody some catharsis and uh you know we're gonna we're gonna be able to attack this from from lots of different perspectives because we you know we've got uh a, you know a person of dominican descent uh we've got a, a person of you know black american descent we've got you know so dominican american black american and a white american here on the show we are going to bring a guest on and we're just going to talk about this crazy shit and we're going to hash it out and we're going to solve all the problems all people need to do is listen to the chromatic that's life. right and, and yeah the punchline is usually that if the white guy said it, it has to be true. So, right. Well, they you know, go. I mean, you know. If I anything. mean, that is known. That is clearly, <laughs> that is clearly the way things operate. in the uh, world. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the white guy says something, so it must be true. And in keeping, uh, in keeping with that, uh, we're going to have some, some white people say some things right now in our very first ad uh, from Sanebox. So why don't you guys listen to white people say things and buy wow. stuff from Sanebox? Man, this is amazing. Because... I haven't heard a white person speak all day. This is perfect. <laughs> yeah, treats. Um, yeah. So so we're really we're really happy uh, to uh, be sponsored by Sanebox. And here's a little something about our sponsor. AOC, man, I really wish that I had something that would be able to kind of fix my email. It's kind of out of, it's kind of out of control right now. Word. Well, I mean, you know what? I mean, it's actually really good that that you do. You should check out our sponsor, Sanebox. A word. What, what what's the deal with them? So, Sanebox moves all of your unimportant emails out of your inbox 
and they put them in other folders so that your inbox is only full with the things that you actually need, the actual emails that you really need. Wow. So it's 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 pretty cool. So can I can I unsubscribe from stuff too? Can I use that to unsubscribe to anything? Yeah, actually they do. So they they do one click unsubscribe, snoozing on non-urgent emails, and they even move attachments to Dropbox for you. So I mean everything is done and if you have any questions, you go to their site and they have videos that give you instructions on everything that they do that's pretty dope so so where should i go and where should the listeners of spawn on me go well uh first first and foremost you want to go to samebox.com slash esn to try samebox for free for two weeks no credit card required or anything like that and then after that once you figure out that it's exactly what you need uh spawn on me listeners will get 25 dollars off a membership so it's the deepest discount you'll find anywhere. Again, we want to give a big fat shout out to Samebox for sponsoring Spawn on Me and every other show that's on the ESN.FM network. That's SaneBox.com slash ESN. That's S-A-N-E-B-O-X dot com slash ESN. And uh, thanks. We're back. Um, that was SaneBox. Um, thanks a lot. Uh, good, good folks at SaneBox for sponsoring the Spawn on Me podcast. And uh, we're back. This is episode 74. I'm with Matt Lancaster, the magic one, and uh, Javier Piano, the beautiful one. Um, yes. And we're going to talk about uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about some of the games that we're playing right Much now. Much rather be the beautiful um, one. <laughs> you you have no choice, Javi. Yeah, you don't, really don't. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to know why they call me yeah, the magical yeah. one, though. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um. So magical one, since you since you just uh, started talking, why don't you tell tell Bricago what you've been playing recently? So it usually changes month to month uh, of old stuff that I'm playing, but uh, the thing that's new, kinda, but not new, is Hearthstone. So I go back and forth playing that game, and I get addicted to it to the point to where I don't tell my wife this, but I play it while I'm driving to work because I have an hour and a half commute sometimes. <laughs> yeah, gosh. I know, I know. I know, it, I know, it's it's. I should be texting instead, but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, sometimes I play while I'm driving because I usually go into traffic, and then, but the traffic doesn't always stay for a ten minute period, and end up playing Hearthstone, and it's a great game to poop to, and it's a great game to eat to, and they're coming <laughs> out with a grand tournament, and I just get really geeked about it, and now I'm sucked into the Hearthstone hole, and I can't do things anymore other than that. So I that's one of the games that I am addicted to right now. The other one, um, I lost my, my Rebel flag uh, at Walmart because they quit selling them. So I decided to play Assassin's Creed Black Flag just because I have never played it. And it actually was a game of worthwhile notoriety for free on Xbox uh, Gold if you're a Gold member. Uh, right. You know, the games unlike PlayStation yeah. Player, yeah, right. you know. So I've been playing that, and um, uh, yeah, I've never been an Assassin's Creed fan, and I'm still not an Assassin's Creed fan after playing that. So you know, do you do you not enjoy uh, being a pirate? Yeah, being a pirate's kind of neat. I mean, the storyline's not horrible compared to the other ones, but I, I don't know. Um, I got into the second Assassin's Creed, but only because uh, it, it was. I think that was the one. That's the one where they were dealing with like the evil pope and stuff like that, isn't that the one? I think. Which one? Two? I don't know. Yeah, 
Two, yeah. two was two. two was really good. Okay, so two the 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 like uh, church part of it, the uh, pope at that time that it took story off of his last name was Piccolomini, and uh, our good friends and my daughter's uh, godfather, their last name is Piccolomini, and they're actually related to that pope that was corrupt from that time huh. period. So that's why I got into Assassin's Creed too. But yeah, I I don't really. Uh, it's okay, but you know. Then the other thing I've been playing is Forza Horizon Two. I am part uh, of the Spawn on Me team, and I yes. have the highest rating and tier of the team. <laughs> oh, and do the you? Robot. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Oh, 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 not for long. You better start playing because I'm up. <laughs> my, I got my purple wristband. I'm passing up Stubby Stan. Dan the robot's oh. way in my back rearview mirror. I can't even see him. He's so bad. <laughs> uh, like you might as well just go back, go, go to Hotlanta because there's no way you're going to come, come through Europe and uh, beat me. Fired! Wow! All right, look at that. I like it. Yep. Oh man! Just, yeah, man. Listen, you know what? Not for nothing. Again, I will say. If you are even like if you drive a car and at some point you enjoy yourself while you're driving a car and you don't have Forza Horizon 2, Forza uh, Horizon 2 on uh, the Xbox One, you are doing yourself a disservice. That hmm. game is beautiful. It is. Uh, it is just a love letter to having fun and driving. It is. And, and I'm not a car guy. I can uh, change my oil and I can change my tires if I need to. And I think that people that I usually see that have their souped-up cars and everything else, I've probably called them a douchebag every once in a while. I'm not right. going to lie, right? <laughs> but I get into those games, and I, I, I've been driving, and I thought, man, I wonder what would happen if I took my RAV4 through this field right now. I wonder if I could you know, do what right. I do on the game. It's just like <laughs> right. a, a daydream about being awesome. you know. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's addicting, and it's fun. And even though I wish – there were more courses or at least more uh, rallies or championships to join so it can't get repetitive. There's something about it. Even though you, if you just pick a different car for the next rally, even though it's the same type of cars, it's different. It's it's a different feel, that race, compared to what it was before. And it's just they have really detailed those cars so well and made the game spectacular in many, many instances. Nice, nice. Yeah, it, it's it's a fantastic game. What else are you playing? Those just just uh, just those three is that well, it? Ang- That's Angry list? Birds. Angry Birds two. Uh, you know, oh, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Is there they, a two? Yeah, it just came out. I was uh, I was an early access member to the oh. Angry Birds two, so I got like oh. special gems and coins. But they've basically made Angry Birds two, Candy Crush Angry Birds. So. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but now you have your gems, your in-app purchases, and stuff like that you can do. So um, I like it. It's fun. It's a little different. But at the same time, it's more of like my, okay, I have 10 minutes. What can I play real quick and get something in? Nice, nice. So, uh, Javi, what have you been playing? All right. Well, uh, thanks to EA Access, the first game I downloaded since I bought the subscription last year is uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. (laughs) They must call it Dragon Age because it takes an entire age to finish the game. Uh, (laughs) But nevertheless, I've had fun. I made a female Kunari mage, so shooting fireballs out of my magical staff and uh, saving 
the land of Thetis. It's been it's been amazing. It's been awesome. Um, I'm one of the RPG. Now I just go ahead. I just wanted to say there's another innuendo possibly. I mean, shooting fireballs <laughs> oh, from yeah. staff. I, well, I don't thanks. know. I, I mean, was trying to blow be. past that one, but you know. Uh, right. Well, <laughs> but, you know me. I, Matt, you weren't Matt's about to let gonna, that Matt's one sneak pull by, were you? I sniff right. him out like a bloodhound, baby. <laughs> but yeah, that's been uh, that's been tons of fun. Um, when I play RPGs, I I like to critical path and just you know do as the least amount of side missions possible because I got a big backlog and I got to get to the rest of my games. Yeah, so so uh, you know, not to sidetrack you for a second, but uh, um, peek behind the curtain. I was hanging out with Javier just a few days ago, and he and I were sitting down. And we were talking, and um, you know, fun fun little story about uh, mine and Javi's relationship. Javi, when Javi and I first became Xbox Live friends, uh, probably back in December, he was probably like six or seven thousand gamer score behind me. And and then you know if you're an Xbox One owner, uh, you you'll if you'll know that on your front page, um, you'll see the leaderboard of Gamerscore for the week. And every week, I would see Javi creep up my list. <laughs> and you know, I was first, and Javi was fifth. I was first, and Javi was third. I was first, and then Javi then then all of a sudden Javi was first, and I was third. <laughs> And then, you know, then I get a new game and I, you know, kick out like four or five hundred points in the week. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get Javi. And then I look and Javi's done like he's got like three thousand points for the week. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? So I talked to Javi and Javi was like, look, man, I finished all of these games. Um, You've got to go critical path. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he explained what critical path is. So explain to Bricago what your what your critical path method is, and the games that you finished using it just in the last two months. Uh, let's see. Let me uh, pull up my list here. <laughs> oh, jeez. He, he has his Excel spreadsheet or his Microsoft project. Right, right. He's like, actually, let me see real quick as I thumb through I'm this. Actually, using the Microsoft OneNote app, Ve- Ooh, very nice. convenient for your shopping list and the and the like. Your backlog. Um, no, but yeah, a critical path. So it's something I heard um, several other people talk about. And I, I love my linear games. You know, I uh, cut my teeth on some Halo back in the day. I love, you know, playing through a story. The story is the most important part for me uh, in a game. You know, I love gameplay too. But um, got to have a good story. So... With these bigger games, especially, you know, I started with GTA 4. GTA 4, I stopped and started like three times. So I just started getting open world fatigue after a while and said, you know what? I, I get distracted by the side missions. So let me just do main missions. It's critical path. Some of uh, the games I play, like Dragon Age and like The Witcher 2, um, will have the next location gated off. And you have to do a certain amount of side quests. Um, in order to open the next area or the next level so sometimes you can't escape it but as much as possible i try to just do main missions it's the only way i would finish all of these um rpgs i'd be here you know forever if if this wasn't uh, my play style so a couple of the rpgs i've been using critical path with i've beaten saints row 4 dragon age inquisition i played through the fable trilogy this way with you know fable anniversary that just came last year um fallout new vegas fallout 3 
Batman Arkham Knight, which Arkham Knight threw you at the side missions and you had to deliberately switch back to main missions. Um, there's several games that will right. do that. Um, and then Witcher 2, Skyrim, and Oblivion. Um, I started off this summer saying, okay, no more RPGs, and it became the summer of RPGs. <laughs> now, here's so a, here's those are qu- games. Go ahead. Go ahead, Matt. I was going to say, here's a question. Uh, maybe you guys can answer it. So why do you think they make it that you have to knock off either so many side quests for the unlocking area or that they deliberately push you towards that? Is that so they can have the extended game so you feel like you're getting more value for what you're getting? Or do you think there's another reason for it? Well, especially with RPGs, there's certain levels that you can't even, you know, you can't even get into um unless you're a certain level or you can go there but you'll get obliterated like in most rpgs you find a um you find an enemy that's too high of a level for you you'll see a little red mm-hmm. skull above their head telling you yeah. you better turn around and go do a couple more side missions and level <laughs> up or this guy's gonna you know really whoop you so um you know i would say yeah of course if it's a big open world rpg everyone wants it to be 100 hours i don't that's why I love Child of Light. I love the Stick of Truth. I love those shorter RPGs because I could really just play them in 12 hours. And all the other ones, you know, I'll do my critical path and, uh, you know, hopefully beat it within 40 hours like I did with Dragon Age or less. Yeah, I, I, I think um, it is a little, a little of both, um, a little of trying to add value to these games that are traditionally uh, supposed to have this... this uh, breadth of experiences and and uh and you know and just be really really dense and and take a long time to complete 100 percent um and and also the fact that they don't want people to be able to uh just go through the game go through critical path use critical path uh through games where you do level up uh, so, you know, let's say if you decide you want to do critical path in this game that is intended for you to take over 100 hours to, you know, thoroughly complete um, and you you're trying to do it in 20 hours, then, you know, if they make it so that you can complete it in 20 hours, someone who does take 60 or 70 or 80 hours to play through the game is going to be so overpowered by the time they reach the end that there, you know, the fun factor is not going to really even be there because all of the, you know, all of their, the, the, the monsters or the bosses, whoever it is, the enemies that they have to fight are going to be so underpowered. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they want to gate that stuff off so you can see more of the game, um, you know, get more of an experience and and make it a little bit more difficult for you in, in a, I guess a natural way. Um, yeah, it makes sense. I, I think it's hard for me having two kids, you know, working and then, you know, right. whenever my wife works and, and so forth, putting in the time, I would need to go critical path because it would just be too daunting for me to play. That's why I gave up things like MMOs, like World of Warcraft and so forth, because basically you need to put your life into it. And that's why I haven't played a game that you guys are playing today, but I'll let you talk about oh, it later yes. on. Uh, right. Also, one more thing, too. Um, I'm flying in the face of toxic masculinity here, but I play my open world RPGs on easy, and I don't care who knows. Oh, <laughs> look at that! Look at oh, that! Oh, you casual gamer, for you world. for the world scenario. You're so, so you casual. Know, you s- send your send your, yes. send your hate tweets to at Javier Payano. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> you know what, man? I just you know, I, I'm getting through this game. Give me the next one. You know, there's a couple Bioware games on the horizon as well. So 
I'm getting I'm getting yeah. ready for it, you know. And uh, if I need to bump a game down to uh, to easy to beat it, that's that's fine with me, man. I, I couldn't care less. And to you know, people who say, "Oh, you're not a real gamer," or that's not the right way to experience the game. Whatever, man. I paid for the game or the subscription or whatever. I'm gonna play it how I want, you know. If it's a different style of game, mm-hmm. something I, like a shooter, something that I'm well versed in, that's a different story. I'll play that in normal or, or Halo. I'll play on heroic, but open world RPG. Uh, you know, I don't want to be stuck in battles for hours. I need to get to the next story, you, you, next cutscene. You know, what's you interesting. I, I think is as my geekiness as I think about back in my high school days. Uh, we as geeks, if you weren't as cool as like maybe a jock, you kind of hated their attitude of like. I'm better. I can do this. Real men do this. Real men do that. And then now we talk about what's hardcore versus casual, easy versus normal versus hard. And we're doing the same exact thing in our community. And I mean, you even see it not to get into Gamergate or anything like that, but you see these things where it's like this boys club again on a different level. And you're doing the same exact things you would do that you hated before. And it makes absolutely no sense to me. Sure. Sure. There's a, there is a level of hazing, that happens, um, you know, just because everyone wants to be able to feel like the thing that they're doing and the way that they do it is special. And mm-hmm. that in order for you to actually do that thing, um, you need to do it in the same level at the, at the same level that they're doing it or else it doesn't really even count. And, and you know, and that's that that is is, you know, for the most part, I think that's bullshit unless you're talking about pizza. Um, you know, unless you do your pizza like you like, you know, New Yorkers do their pizza and that means including getting the water, then, you know, then it really doesn't then it really doesn't count. It really isn't pizza. So um, but a- everything else, that's bullshit. But pizza, <laughs> oh, you love that real. deep that's dish. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Chicago quiche <laughs> is wonderful. Again, I will say Chicago quiche. It is it is really really good, but uh, pizza is meant to be folded. It's Neapolitan style, and the best place to get it is from New York. There you go. Uh, so here ended the lesson. <laughs> uh, any more games? <laughs> any more games that you yeah, want to talk about, you know, Javi? Well, we'll you talk about this last that? one I got here. Um, uh, but uh, we'll talk. Oh no, you didn't talk. Oh, you, you didn't talk yes. about uh, Battle Block Theater. Battle Block Theater. Okay, so I'm a big fan of the. Of the behemoth, you know, I uh, loved Alien Hominid. Castle Crashers yes. was one of those games that yes. I played for hours and hours yep. and hours um, on 360, Xbox Live Arcade. And I heard uh, they're getting a remaster on Xbox One, so I'm really excited for that remaster to come out yeah. so I can go get my all my swords back. Um, and then their third game, Battle Block Theater, is uh, a puzzle platformer. Um, just really amazing game, really cool physics and um, and puzzles and secrets hidden everywhere. So um, the Behemoth, uh, very similarly to Cappy, is a kind of studio that they never want to put out the same genre twice. So every game that they put out is um, is very new. So. Um, Battle, Battle Block Theater, puzzle platformer, really amazing experience. Just beat it this morning, actually. I'm really getting pissed at the last level. You know how those last levels are in puzzle platformers. <laughs> um, almost with the controller, but thank God I you know, I finished with the controller intact. And I'm also looking forward to their next game, which they just announced is called Pit People. And that is going to be a turn-based um, strategy game. 
So looking looking forward to that. They they carry that art style throughout all of their games, and that's something that really uh, really hooks me for that studio. Nice. That's that's awesome. Now is that available? What what platforms is that now? Um, Battle Block Theater itself, I believe, is available to preview members through backwards compatibility on Xbox One. It's definitely on 360, but I'm not sure about PlayStation. I know that Castle okay. Crashers is both on playstation and xbox so if you haven't played that one that's a really great game you should pick up please do yeah that's great 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 game Um, for all the pc pc guys it's on steam as well just to put that out right there you go there you go um everything's on steam Uh, you know it's whether or not it's gimped is is the question yeah um so i guess it's on to me so we'll we'll start with what i'm playing the most Unfortunately, um, for my life and for my time, it is still mostly Elite Dangerous. Um, you know, that that game's really got its hooks in me. It's a lot of fun, um, but you've got to be a special kind of nerd. Uh, shout out to uh, Spooky Molder FBI and um, Metal, Metal for Jesus. Uh, th- those are those are uh, fellow Bracago members that uh, have been playing with me. We are we are those kind of nerds. Um, really, really enjoying that game. It's so much fun. Um, but yeah, you know, I got I went into it before. I'm not going to go into it again. It's a really great game. Uh, Rare Replay is another game that I'm playing that just came out last week. Um, it, if you don't know it, what it is, it is 30 games from the, uh, development house rare over the history of their, of their, of the company. The company's been around since 1982 or 83. Um, so it's 30 of their games. They technically say it's like the 30, 30th anniversary of rare. So that would make it 85, but the games came out in 83. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to. Not gonna hold their feet to the fire for that one, but uh, it's it's so much fun. It's there are so many games on there. Uh, anything from RC Program One and Two, Battle Toads, Battle Toads Arcade, Viva Pinata, Viva Pinata in Paradise. Um, you know, so many games. There's lots of games: Banjo Kazooie, Conker's Bad Fur Day. Um, really, really great games over the history of this really great company, um, who worked, who were second parties for, um, or actually, I guess, first parties for two giant console manufacturers, both Nintendo and now Microsoft. Um, and, uh, you, you actually get to play lots of their games in, uh, the, there, none of the games are up-resed or, or uh, remastered in any way for the Xbox One specifically. Um, some of the games have been remastered previously, and those are the versions of the games that you get right now. Um, but they're still really, really great games. What I love about this collection is not only is the collection tongue-in-cheek, not only is Rare a really great company, um, they're a charming company, and, and but you, you know, so you get to play these games, and the games are great. Um, but one of the things that I that I, or the thing that I love the most is the fact that they have all these vignettes, uh, these behind-the-scene videos, these making-of videos, uh, some soundtracks of of you know their entire history, and the more games you play the more achievements you unlock 
uh, the more of those videos become available to you. So I'm playing the games so I can unlock these videos so I can watch the videos and learn the history of, of Rare. It's really a lot of fun. Uh, definitely, definitely check it out. It's 30 bucks on the Xbox One. You download it. Um, the, the one thing that I will say, the thing that I don't like about Rare Replay is that the way it works is you download Rare Replay, which is a game, but all of the games or the games that were available or are available via backwards compatibility on the Xbox 360 download as individual games. And in order to get to those games, you can get to them uh, via Rare Replay, but it will open up the emulated Xbox 360 console on your Xbox One, and that whole thing has to spin up, and it takes a little while. So that part, it becomes a little disjointed, and then when you back out of that game, um, in order to get back to the Rare Replay, you have to find the Rare Replay on your on your uh, on your 360 and, and or in your Xbox One and your games list, go back to Rare Replay, find it again, go through the list again, find a different game, and if it's a 360, you know, backwards compatible uh, backwards compatible game, you've got to rinse and repeat and go through that process again. And that that part is a little uh, disjointed. I don't really like that, but the rest of the rest of it is pretty good. There are a couple of frame rate issues uh, with a few games, but for the most part. It's a lot of fun um, for 30 bucks. You know, I really, really enjoy it. Um, so uh, Rare Replay, check it out. Rocket League, we talked about it before. I'm playing that. It's, uh, you know, it, the more you play it, the more fun it is. It's highly accessible. Uh, if you have a PS4, uh, definitely pick up Rocket League. And at least check it out and try it. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure you'll have you'll have a lot of fun Xbox One it. owners. Be and patient; it is coming eventually. That, that that is that is true. It is it is coming eventually. So if you just have an Xbox One, um, and you haven't had a chance to play the the greatness that is Rocket League, uh, patience is a virtue. You will get it at some point in the future. Um, not sure when that is. Um. But last, last but not least, uh, the game that I just started playing again, probably actually, I, I have to blame Javi uh, for yeah. this. Um, yeah, I have to blame Javi for this. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm back on that crack, y'all. <laughs> um, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm living that destiny life again. Um, hashtag help. Um, yeah, I, uh, I am back. I am back in the fold, hardcore now. Um, I really tried to get away, but, uh, it's got, it's got its teeth in me and, then you know, it's just, I'm, I'm going to start playing again, you know, the dailies and the weeklies and, you know, I've got a lot of catching up to do, uh, before the Taken King comes out. Um, and we're going to see, we're going to see how long this lasts, how long this love affair lasts. You know, I, I, I thought I broke up with, with destiny cause destiny had a drinking problem. And, you know, I said it was either the drinks or me and Destiny chose the drinks and I left Destiny alone for a little while. But then I saw Destiny out on the street and Destiny was looking pretty good. Destiny's changed. And, uh, Destiny's I, changed. Uh, I, yeah. I took, yeah. Yeah. I took I took Destiny out to dinner. We had a great time. Destiny has and, heard your uh, complaints. You know, and has yeah, so, adjusted. Yeah. So Destiny's all gr- yeah. Destiny's all grown up then is what you're saying. Yeah, Destiny Destiny is, you know, Destiny it's is, is uh 
Yes, it is maturing. Yeah, Destiny is maturing, and and you can see uh, it's a little more well read, and um, they you Much. know they've they've learned they've learned some things and and know which fork is the salad Much fork. More generous with <laughs> their Galahorns. <laughs> Right, right, exactly. Yeah, so, before they uh, were just using uh, sporks, I believe, too. Right, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's jailhouse sporks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, so you know, we'll see we'll see how long how long uh this this lust affair with Destiny lasts. Um but for right now I'm I'm back on that I'm back on that Destiny life and uh and and she's treating me pretty well. So so here's so, a question for you guys. Uh sure. I, I bought Destiny a while back. Um, played, maybe get to like level 13, uh, let's say. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I go to this other planet or another part of the planet and it looks exactly the same as the last part I was on. Um, it looked like rinse, recycle, repeat a lot, a lot of like copy and paste of, of of the world. Uh, I went ahead and sold it and you know, that was that And you know, mainly from listening to you guys a lot, it, it seems like. Destiny's at the top of its game right now, but my question is, do I want to spend the money and get the Halo Guardian edition, not the Halo Guardian edition, sorry, the uh, Guardian edition of Destiny right now and get all that stuff and get ready for Taken King, or do I, if I'm not sucked into the Destiny life, let it go because there's going to be things coming out really, really soon that are going to consume my life? (sighs) You know... Um, Javi, I'll let you answer that question first, and I'll, I'll follow up. Yeah, well, um, if I was you right now, I would go ahead and wait until September 15th. That is when The Taken King comes out. And for people who have not jumped in or maybe are returning players like yourself, um, I believe there's going to be a Destiny Taken King Legendary Edition for $60. Um, so the price of the, you know, the full game comes with the base game and comes with all three expansions. Um, that's the dark below the house of wolves and the new taken King. And that is also the time where they're going to make a lot of big, big changes to the game itself. So they were doing a lot of, you know, they were doing the level up system. You know, you'll keep all your weapons and armor, everything you've earned, you keep that, um, and it's going to be pretty much a clean slate when people start on September 15th. So if um, if I were you again, you know, I would I would wait to get that big package that has everything in it. Because really, you're going to want if you are going to play Destiny, you're going to want the expansions. Because once you get into yeah. the higher and you know, they, a lot of people say the game doesn't it, the game completely changes when you get to level 20. And when you start doing the high level raids and the prison of elders, man, that is just some of the best co-op I've experienced in, in games in a really long time. So uh, everything that Javi said, it was correct. Um, the, the thing that you really need to ask yourself is, do you enjoy, do you have a group of people that you believe that you'll be able to play this game with? Um, and, you know, and, and maybe you can reach out to Bricago and find and find those people. I'm sure there are plenty of them out there. I know that there are plenty of them out there. Um, but do you have do you have a group of people that you are going to be able to play Destiny with on a consistent basis? Um, you know, not necessarily daily, but if need be just to do the dailies um, and jump in and do the weeklies every now and then or what have you. Um that's that's the 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 hook for destiny it's 
It's not the, you know, it's not the environments. It's a beautiful looking game. You know, it's not the prettiest game. Uh, the environments repeat often, but it's not about that. The enemies repeat often, but it's not about that. What it's about is being able to go out with your friends, shoot the shit with them, and and complete things together. Um, and if you're doing it solo, it's only so that you could get a good piece of gear so that you can talk about it with your friends later on. Um, so if, yeah, if, if gaming for you is not necessarily something that you do cooperatively or, or that you spend lots of times with a group because your gaming time is, is sporadic and unpredictable, um, then maybe, then maybe getting destiny isn't for you because there are going to be plenty of games that, that you'll be able to, uh, really sink your teeth into and don't necessarily rely on, uh, cooperative experiences in order for them to, to really reach their full potential. Um, so, so I guess that would be my answer to you about destiny. Uh, it's it, it 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 it's a lot of fun, you know. Javi was just saying before before the show, uh, we were playing in in a group and we were getting ready to do a raid and you know do some do some stuff. And before that, we had done you know the nightfall, and it was just you know it was a a nice big group of guys, and nobody was an asshole. We were just having a good time and we were playing the game, and that's you know that's really what it's all about. And, and you yeah, agree, Javi. Oh yeah, it was amazing. Uh, you know, um, you you get into a certain group and people are you know upset, like oh you don't have this uh, rocket launcher, we don't even <laughs> want you in here. You know, so and this group we were playing with, you know, I could definitely feel that uh, Bracago vibe, that community, and you know everybody was just really helpful, explaining things to each other, and you know I, I'm you know you don't get to be in a group like that uh, very often, so. Um, you know, like Cicero said, you got a good group of people to play with. That's the, that. That's what makes Destiny. Yeah. Now, what do you have, Matt? No, I was gonna say, uh, you know, because there's a lot of stuff coming out for for me. You know, looking at the Xbox, you know, grid. There's a lot of stuff that I haven't played before. Like I've never played a Gears of War game. Oh boy. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Wow. So wow. So let me just explain real quick. I, I don't want to caveat away from this too much, but. I was part of the PC Master Race for a while. Um, that, sure. You know, the 360 and PS3, for the most part, didn't matter to me. I had the PS3 for a year. And as soon as Xbox One came out, I bought that. So that's where I jumped back into console gaming. So that whole Gears of War, never played any of right. them. So I'm really excited for, like, Gears of War Ultimate Edition. And then you got NBA 2K16 that looks amazing coming out. Halo 5. Um, I love Tomb Raiders. So that's why I kind of asked that question. There's so many things coming out. And my question was, was it worth it? But I guess it would be as long as I had the right people to play with. Absolutely. Right. Well, you know, I mean, yeah. But if if the question is, um, <laughs> if the question is, I've played, I've played Destiny and, you know, I gave it a shot. I really didn't dig it. And I've only got 60 bucks and I, my choices are play Destiny again some more or play Gears of War for the first time, I would probably say go play Gears of War. Even though that's not my favorite series, it was, for its time, it was amazing. I wonder, I really wonder if it will 
it will hold up as as a single player experience or at least a co- as a co-op campaign experience it's fantastic I, I know a lot of people really love that multiplayer i just couldn't get my my head around it but uh but i mean gears is is definitely something that you need to experience yeah and and i i think that's probably what, what i'll end up doing um you know yeah. i also get like that price tag envy when i see prices drop like i saw <laughs> destiny one just go down to like 20 bucks i'm like oh i should just buy it again it's 20 dollars brand new you know so i kind of get those itches I, it's might just because i like to spend money but you know it also could be i don't know but it's just like man i want that and and i do know people that do love it and play it a lot um but you know myself i haven't had that time period where i hooked up at the same time with other people to really play it uh together so that that might have been what was missing for okay. me. Well, there you go. All right. Well, what's been missing for for Bricago right now and what's been missing from the show has been our gaming looks good spot with uh, our minister of no finance, Mr. Sharif Jackson. So here it is right now for you guys. We're going to take a little break, let you hear Sharif. And we'll be right back after this. What's up, y'all? This is Sharif Jackson, host of Gaming Looks Good, a YouTube series where we focus on diversity in video games, race, gender, and sexuality. Check out the full archive of videos at GamingLooksGood.com. Welcome back to the Spawn on Me podcast, uh, listening to... That great gaming looks good video or uh, promo. This particular episode of Gaming Looks Good uh, was about Game of Thrones episode four. Um, this is the Spawn on Me podcast episode seventy four, uh, featuring myself, Cicero Holmes, aka Stubby Stan. Stubby Stan is in the building. Also in the building is Matt Lancaster. Links a lot eighty one on Twitter. And Javier Piano, who is Javier Piano on Twitter, um, but uh, yeah, man, I you know I'm really enjoying uh, having these guys on. Uh, we talked about early earlier though. Uh, we talked about uh, the Chromatic Life, the podcast that the two of them do together with our very own Tanya DePass, and uh, you know, and Geeked FM, the network that they're all on, uh, along with. Uh, more than bits and geeks and sneaks and uh, Tanya's other podcast, Fresh Out of Tokens. And uh, Matt, is it true you guys have a Patreon for the network? Yeah, we do, and it's it's pretty simple. Um, you could just go to patreon.com slash geeked FM, G E E K E D F M, and uh, basically the idea is is to bring it available that no matter what we get, the the what happens per month helps basically not just uh, Geeked FM, but everybody that's a part of Geeked FM to have games to promote, to get new equipment, to get new video content. And then also for people, if it get high enough, to pick to be a part of a podcast to where they can actually be a guest uh, on the specific one that they want that's part of the network. So a lot of cool things we're trying to do with it. It's not just for the network itself, but it's for everybody that's a part of it to kind of spread the wealth. That's awesome. Really, 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 really good, man. That's that's great. Um, you know, uh, what else is great is is news, guys. And, um, you know, Javi, 
I've got to do something or you got to do something or we've got to do something. Um, what do you think we should do, man? I don't know, man. I think it's time for Bracago to break it down. Break it down. All right. And our first breakdown topic of the week is, um, listen, we, we've, we've talked about uh, how we have this race to Reggie with our with our uh our brothers over at GTR um but but real talk if you want a Nintendo employee to be on your podcast just don't just <laughs> just just don't they will not be on your podcast or they can't be on your podcast they just won't be Nintendo <laughs> employees for much longer um Mm-mm. a story came out this week there was uh, a one of the guys who worked in the the secret the secret lab in Nintendo called the Treehouse, um, and uh, his name was uh, Chris, or his name is Chris Pranger. Uh, Chris Pranger, he's a member of was a member of the Treehouse, and last week he went on a podcast called Part Time Gamers, and you know it was probably a really big score for them, a really great get. Uh, to get somebody from Nintendo's Treehouse to talk about Nintendo and talk about all the really awesome things that that go on there, and and uh, you know, to to be honest, the things that Chris talked about weren't you know none of it was really inflammatory towards uh, towards Nintendo. Definitely wasn't inflammatory towards Nintendo. He really you know he really loved working there, um, but apparently. Uh, Nintendo, or, or, or what we all really kind of know, if you've been following Nintendo, at, you know, at any level for for a while, um, you know that Nintendo just is very, very secretive. They're very close, uh, close lipped, very close mouth about uh, the types of things that they do there. And uh, in order for you to be on a show um, to talk about Nintendo specific items. You have to get, even if you're a domestic person, you have to get uh, uh, Nintendo of Japan's PR and Nintendo of America's PR to sign off on it and it'll give give the green light. And I think even then they give you a list of talking points that you can that you can address and you're really not supposed to sway from those. Uh, Chris Pranger, however, just kind of went and did his own thing, um, and he went and he talked about. Uh, Talked about Nintendo and uh, subsequently lost his job, um, and, and you know he feels really bad about it because he loved his job. He talked about it, and, and there's a story in Kotaku uh, by Jason Schreler um, that really kind of articulates all the things that that went on uh, for Chris, and and you know so now he's he's you know he's sitting around. He's like you know I had this had this great job that paid me a great salary and I was taking care of my family and now we have no health care. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've got a, a black mark on me now um, because I went on a podcast to just talk about something that I love doing. Um, so he's, he's done. He's done. So um, what do you guys, what do you guys think about this? Who do you, who do you blame in, in, in this scenario, Javi? Um, yeah, it's tough, man. I really, I really feel for this guy. It's, uh, it's a hard situation to be in. I, I feel, you know, I feel bad because obviously he, 
was overwhelmed with his excitement, you know, to just talk about Nintendo. And, you know, like you said before, the things he's saying are are very positive. Um, on the one hand, you know, he I, I would, you know, say that he, he kind of should have known. I, I, I feel like they don't even let Miyamoto walk around E3 with, without some kind of PR person. Um, behind right. him, make, making sure he's saying the right things and you know, admitting the right things. Um, and uh, on the on the other hand, um, you know, he maybe should have known. You know, Nintendo. That you know, they're always they're always so secretive about everything about everything they do. Even though he was speaking positively about the the company, I don't I don't know why they would get mad at that necessarily, but I see this more as uh them, you know, um burning one when one goes down, another one bites the dust. Um and and let this be an example to any other employees who think that they can go on a podcast <laughs> and talk about, you know, secret Nintendo things. Um was it very harsh? I I think it was. Um, but again, they're trying to send a message, and I, you know, I just feel bad for him because, he, you know, like he seems like very distraught about it, and it's a, it's kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity to work for Nintendo, and I'm very, right. you know, I'm very sad for him that he lost that opportunity. Matt, what do you think? <sighs> so I'm kind of on the fence. First of all, I think it's silly of Nintendo to be so, you know, close to the vest with everything that they do, and to not allow someone to talk in a positive light about their company but we all know what corporate america or even probably guess corporate japan are like and you're told you cannot do this they've probably even told this can be the result so either chris just nonchalantly thought okay at worst i could be fired but are they really going to do that you know on the show but i'm wondering though uh, now i know uh, all of us when we started out podcasting we've gone and try to get that that blue marlin right right that golden right. fish golden goose get it on our show and sometimes we've been lucky um and sometimes i think people will like for you i guess probably be like adam sessler or maybe lately colin moriarty or whoever right. else it may be along the way right um but i wonder if there's someone he knows that's part-time gamers i went on itunes that was like a super popular episode um they don't have any ratings or reviews they have 71 likes on facebook Wow, uh, where uh, I'm not saying he shouldn't go on there, but where's the tie-in? I feel like uh, he, t- to him to be blindsided. I just feel like there's something else at play that we don't know about. So, all right, that, so that could be conspiracy so, theory, Matt. I don't know. Right, right. I was just about to say. So you know, as a callback to conspiracy theory, Matt, um, you're 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 screaming some kind of conspiracy. So what do you think? You think that he knew someone? on on uh, part-time gamer and that same someone uh also ratted him out to nintendo or do you no so i don't i don't think they ratted him out i think there's definitely some type of probably curating they do of everything that's out there they probably have some kind of like nintendo um web crawler out there <laughs> pod crawler like just making sure where their name's mentioned at but i'm just i just think that okay if you know how Nintendo is, and you know that you could lose your job, why go on to part-time gamers whenever you could go on to any podcast, probably? They would gladly have you on. And there's a lot bigger names out there to get you recognized. Instead, you go on part-time gamers, 
and you lose your job over it, you're surprised by losing your job when you know that that could happen. And I'm just wondering why part-time gamers, I guess. I, think, I don't think they ran them out, but why that? I think that? that's maybe why well, he did it. It's a small podcast. Exactly. Not many people knew right. about it. He probably thought, you know, right. Nintendo will never hear about this, but... You know the things he were, the things that he was talking about were so juicy that they got picked up, and he the several uh, outlets picked up the quotes that he was using, and you know when you know once a couple people pick it up, uh, it wouldn't have taken long before Nintendo found out about that. Right, and then and that's exactly what happened. Uh, I, I believe uh, a couple of a couple of different blogging outlets, uh, Go Nintendo, uh, for example picked up the fact that he was on on this show simply because it's so rare to actually have a Nintendo employee be on a show doing you know doing something like this doing a podcast um the fact that he was on was a a, was a really big deal and they picked it up and then once they picked it up it got picked up by other people and then uh and he even said once he found out that he was on Go Nintendo, he knew that that uh, Nintendo was going to find out, and so I, you know, it's it's interesting because I, you know, I was under the impression that he didn't think it was that big of a deal for him to be on the show, um, but after the fact that you know, once he found out that Go Nintendo picked it up, um, that was when he knew that he was. That's when he had an inkling that he may be in in trouble. Um, so it sounds like to me that he knew that he probably shouldn't be doing it, but he figured, oh, this, you know, these guys are small and I really want to talk about all the great shit that I'm doing. So I'm just going to do it on this, on this really small, you know, this really small place. Cause this is a level of, you know, this is a catharsis for me, or maybe it's a favor to a friend uh, that's over at part-time gamers, what, you know, whatever the case may be. And, you know, we'll have a good time. And he probably did. Um, and you know, I guess my question is if you're the guy who asked Chris Pranger to be on the show on part-time gamers and he agreed and now he's lost his job, how do you feel right now? Probably feel like offering him a job at part-time gamer. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Part-time I mean, if there anything, if there anything like, yeah, if there anything like us, uh, they're they're part time gamers because they can't afford to be full time gamers. So, uh, so that so so they could offer him the job of minister of no finance. Yeah, right. He could be the minister of no finance gamers. for part time gamers. There you go. You know, what's um, sure his his family. Yeah, his family won't won't appreciate that. Yeah, they won't. What was that, Javi? Uh, you know, at the. At the end of the day, every man is responsible for his own den city. Look, look at that. Look at that. Holy shit. That's Javier Piano. <laughs> We've come full circle, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> oh, man. He is he is just wise beyond his years. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, I, I think Nintendo's, Nintendo's efforts there, um, I don't know if, especially based on the content, I don't know if you you should fire them, um, but that's their policy, uh, <laughs> and and it's a Japanese company, so you know they they operate differently, a little differently in Japan when it comes to corporations. Um, and speaking of operating differently, 
uh, in Japan when you're when you're a corporation. Uh, more Japanese corporation news has come to light uh, from the place we used to love, and that place is Konami. Um, and after reading this article, another Kotaku article, uh, this time uh, written by ba- Brian Ashcroft. Um, after reading this article about Konami, um, if you if you guys don't do your homework, I'll just send you to work there, and then you'll then you'll always do your homework because nobody <laughs> wants to work for Konami. Holy fucking shit! Um, what the hell is going on in Konami? Uh, Big Brother has nothing on uh, Konami's Konami's like control. Um, they they so let's a couple of bullet points. Um, so uh, a bunch of a bunch of former and current Konami uh, employees, uh, Konami Japan employees, um, wrote to Brian Ashcroft and let him know after they had dropped the story <laughs> last week about Konami uh, being um, reported in the newspaper Nikkei. Uh, they talked about some of the things that go on in, in Konami. So here are a couple of things. Uh, they have an official division called the Internal Audit Office. And one employee compared the them to the company's own secret police. This division checks internal communications such as email, Konami's closed circuit cameras, and monitors who leaves and enters the company. Uh, when you do leave, uh, there are rules about which entrance and exit you can use. Uh, when leaving, an employee must show their Konami ID, but then tell the security guard where they are going, whether that is to a nearby convenience store or just stepping out for a smoke break. When employee leaves during uh, when an employee leaves during the business hours, this is tracked and compiled into a list, and any employee that leaves too often is reprimanded. Um, current and former staff say that every Monday Monday morning, Konami's operating offices have a meeting which is taped and broadcast on an internal Konami website. All Konami employees must watch this meeting, and this is tracked. Employees who fail to watch the meeting have their name and division announced throughout the company. So they are publicly shamed within within the company. Um, Konami employees who want to use the Internet must apply via the IT department for an Internet uh, VPN. Employees who want to take a laptop home must also apply. If approved, they log in through a VPN. According to one former employee, screenshots of employee computers are randomly taken, which sometimes results in employees getting in trouble for what's on their monitors. Oops. Um, and that's just some of the things that happen there. Now, again, uh, this is Japan. Maybe things operate differently in Japan. We definitely know that uh, American companies do some of those types of things. Um, but, uh, they, you know, Japan, uh, in Japan, maybe they take it to the nth degree, uh, thinking that Brian Ashcroft asked, uh, asked some people that are, or Ashcraft, I'm sorry, uh, asked, asked some people, uh, in Japan that work for video game companies, what they thought of Konami's, uh, uh, Konami's rule sets and, and if those were the norm and they, you know, even they said, it was draconian or they have a corporate culture as draconian um, 
or North Korean, which is a great way to put it. Um, so they they said that it was it was definitely extreme. So Matt, what do you think of Konami's draconian structure? Do you think it's draconian? Do you want to work there? Um, what is what does conspiracy theory Matt think about all of this? Yeah, so conspiracy theory Matt thinks he would not like to work there. First of all, um, it's nineteen eighty four. George Orwell, basically in a very small package of just Konami. So I understand one thing out of all of it: the VPN purposes. So for those who aren't uber geeks, um, VPN is virtual private network, which basically makes your internet connection from where you're going to the server, a privatized tunnel that's encrypted. So you can't see the data and sniff what's coming off the, uh, the wire. But outside of that, like the taking the pictures, seeing what you're doing, being reprimanded, they're basically a police state within the company itself. And it's way overkill. Like you said, I don't know if that's the, uh, way corporate Japan works or not, but it, it sounds North Korean or, even China-ish to me and what they do. And I wouldn't be surprised hmm. if they go ahead and censor some of the things as well. Now, Javi, what do you what do you think about all of this? Yeah, it sounds to me like the Konami office um, could be a setting in one of the Metal Gear Solid games. <laughs> I think that uh, Snake needs to go in there and, and you know, go uh, negotiate with someone <laughs> about, you know, well, um, my my heart goes out to to the workers there you know um no one uh should be treated like that in any workplace right. um i am hesitant to say that that's how businesses operate in japan i'm sure there's plenty of examples of of, of amazing you know just look at just look at nintendo we were kind of talking about nintendo they just fired a guy for talking on the podcast but for uh, most of the stories i've heard at nintendo you know it can be a very playful atmosphere and you know, they like to retain their talent, so they treat them well. You know, you don't get paid millions of dollars working there, but, you know, you're comfortable there. You feel good there. And the opposite is, is true of Konami. Um, right. You know, what employers need to understand is is the better that the employees feel working for you, the more that they trust you and and feel that you believe that they can do the job, the better they produce, you know, the, the, the better they... Um, the the more ability they have to actually do their job the way you want them to do it and it sounds like you know morale is is very low there and that may be a reflection of the changing tide you know there may economy may be getting out of the console business altogether right um but this goes back you know to the argument is you know are our video our video game makers artists you know our video games are you know well when you're treating when you're treating you your uh your artist like dirt you know that's going to have an effect on on the output on what they're putting out and whether it's that konami doesn't care or you know this is a kind of um treatment that they have for their employees in in other departments of the company i'm not sure but um i just feel bad for them and i hope you know things improve for them soon well you know i mean i i think you alluded to one one point that i'll, I'll kind of articulate um here javi and that is that Chris Pranga lost his job at Nintendo uh, for something, you know, for basically violating rules that were either written or unwritten, uh, but rules that were that were somewhat known. And he was remorseful, not only that he that he lost his job 
um, but he's lost those connections. People are jumping like rats from a sinking ship from Konami. All of, I mean, some of the greatest talent in the history of gaming um, is is running running as fast as they can away from there. So, I mean, that's just that. What a great dichotomy! One guy loses his job from a Japanese company, and he is, you know, completely sad. He is crestfallen that he's lost his job. And if he had worked for Konami, he'd probably be celebrating in the streets. Um, so, I mean, that's that's amazing. It's just just it's no wonder Hideo Kojima left left Konami because Konami is is a terrible place to work work for, um, and you can't bring your friends there to come and work with you. Um, and you definitely don't want your friends to work with you if you're friends with Guillermo del Toro, because apparently <laughs> he is the dream killer. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, Guillermo del Toro came out recently and said, uh, you know, famed famed director of great movies like Hellboy and uh, um What's Pan's what's the Labyrinth. movie with the kaiju? Yeah. Pan's Labyrinth, of course. Pan's Labyrinth. What, what's the kaiju movie? Um, why can't I think of the fucking kaiju movie? The giant, the giant robots. Oh, Pacific oh, fight, Rim. Yeah, Pacific Rim. Yeah, you know they fight with the robots. Um, but uh, Guillermo del Toro has come out famously and uh, recently and came out and said that he is no longer going to work in video games with anyone or in in general. Um, because he is the Black Widow of <laughs> video game partnerships. Um, he originally he originally was uh, supposed to work with THQ to make that it was like uh, some horror game, and uh, I remember there was a there was a preview for it or a trailer for it at uh, the the very last video game awards um before it became the game awards and became really good um and it, you know the the trailer looked amazing it was a teaser trailer but it looked it looked amazing and everyone was excited for Guillermo del Toro uh to be able to produce a game and then uh THQ went bankrupt and then famously of course uh Guillermo del Toro uh hooked up with Hideo Kojima and they were going to make uh, Silent Hills. They were going to revive the Silent Hill franchise and come up with a reimagining, a, re, uh, a new vision for the series, um, which was uh, started or at least was teased with the PT playable trailer, play, playable teaser um, game. And that and that came out and then was subsequently removed from PlayStations all around the world. You can no longer get it. Um, and now Hideo Kojima has left Konami. And uh, Guillermo says, uh, I've proven to be the albatross of video games. I joined THQ and THQ goes broke. I joined Kojima and Kojima leaves Konami. I've decided in order not to destroy anyone else's life, I've decided I will never again get involved in video games. Otherwise, I'll join someone and his house will explode or something. So, <laughs> so Gamo believes himself to be cursed. Uh, he will never kick the football. Lucy will have it forever. Um, and, and we'll never get to see uh, a game from, 
from Del Toro's mind. Um, is is that a great loss? Or do you do you believe that he is the Black Widow of video games, uh, Javi? What what do you what do you think is is happening here? It's hard to tell, right? Because you know, like we're talking about, he n- never brought a game to fruition. We don't know, and I guess we will never know what uh, um, you know, directed by, presented by, whatever it was uh, Guillermo del Toro game would have been like, would have looked like. Obviously, you know, it would have been very creative if you know we've listed off the movies he's done, um. And I was very excited to see what this collaboration would bring forward. Um, I think it is, however, a, um, kind of a big loss. It's, it's a little bit of a sad news for me. You know, I'd like to see more um, Latinos in the game industry and making very interesting things. And um, so it's unfortunate to hear that he, you know, he kind of gave up on it. Um, development in the video game industry is always tumultuous. Projects get shut down and started and canceled and shelved and people sitting on licenses it's uh gotten worse than the movie industry um so he's probably used to in the in the movie industry really getting his way and you know his name is big recognizable people want to work with him and so things happen on his time and on his schedule and i think that he expected that same treatment in the video game industry and i think it's a lot harder when you're talking about video games there's so many more moving parts um so um very unfortunate to see that he's kind of given up on it maybe he'll change his mind later on you know um i'm still hoping for phil fish uh to make that fez too so um, i'm always hoping these guys they quit you know I, i have a little hope that they will eventually make it back um but uh one thing that he does say in uh, the article is he is not opposed to other people approaching him to make games based on his uh, movies and his properties. So um, that might be that might be a better option. There's not a lot of uh, TV and movie people that cross over well into the video game industry. I think the best example right now is Trey, Pack, Trey Parker and Matt Stone with right, a stick of right. truth and now the new game they have coming out i think that's the best yeah. experience and even they said how difficult it is in video right. games as compared to tv and movies why do you why do you think it's so difficult matt well i think one it seems like with games let's look at the powerhouses let's look at the eas the ubisofts they have such a limited time frame to come up with what they want even like 2k nba 2k 16 is coming out and uh, you have it with spike lee how in the hell in one year do they get his storyline in, plus make the game even better and add more modes in? So you have someone like Guillermo del Toro. I'm pretty sure you don't pressure him to have a game done within a certain right. specific amount of time. So we look at it, too, and the question is, is do the industries themselves, the larger video game companies, see it as art or see it as a business? Well, both. So... Think. Do they? But that's the question. So they they let Matt uh, Parker and Trey Stone really work on the stick of truth. I mean, it was like ten years in the making or something. It was like yeah. some ridiculous amount of time that they let him. Well, they let them a, a craft lot of that it. also had to do with the fact that originally it was supposed to be published by THQ, and uh, you know, and then THQ famously went under, um, and this IP was just was valuable yep. enough that Ubisoft decided to pick it up. 
and allowed them to continue to, f- to finish it in a way that they wanted to finish it, but they almost didn't, um, you know, going back to, to what Javi was saying, yeah. that, you know, it, I mean, I'm, I'm so happy that they did because the game is, is ridiculously funny. It's brilliant. It's brilliantly done. Um, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I mean, even they said, man, you know, there were so many times where we were ready to throw in the towel, um, you know, while making this game. And it, don't you know, forget it, your it towel. Is... Yes, don't forget to bring a towel. Um, so <laughs> so yes, yeah, so, so uh, yeah, I wonder, I wonder so, what what that so, is, and you know, do you have the answers? You have to have the answers, Matt. Well, so let's look at um, okay comic books, for instance. Uh, how how long did it take to make a good comic book movie? Were any of them right. successful like what Marvel's done right now? I would say that they were, but not totally. Let's look at video games that really try to encompass a comic book world. If it wasn't for Rocksteady, I'm not sure that we would really have a video game about a comic book superhero that would be that good. They kind of set these marks. So if it took that long to get that type of medium in different areas to work, how do we then... Uh, transition and have TV and movies and those types of ideas translate into a video game. I I still think uh, the artisticness from a standpoint, maybe not the people making the games, Mm -hmm. but the perception of the people who play the games or others who aren't gamers is very limited in an art aspect. Um, I get yelled at all the time to let my kids play video games because, you know, we never let our kids play those games and they're not that good and they're not this and that. I don't understand Minecraft. What the hell? Um, I get that all the time with my kids. So, but no one cares if you go and you see a movie, no matter how stupid it is, it doesn't matter. People are like, Oh, it's a movie. It's worthwhile. It's cinema. It's this and that, no matter how ridiculous it may be. So I still think that perception needs to change outside of the core Hmm. group of uh, gamers. Uh, to really make it an art form for people. One other thing I think is very important is, you know, um, I I feel like, you know, these actors and directors in Hollywood, they're kind of starting to open their eyes to the video game industry. I mean, anyone just needs to take a look at GTA V and and see how lucrative the video game business um, has become. And so, you know, you have people like Steven Spielberg... Guillermo del Toro, not anymore, but was interested. You have these people kind of, you know, looking with, you know, with hungry eyes over here, uh, trying to get a piece of the pie. I know that Telltale now is going to be working on on some TV-esque programming. And then you have Quantum Break from Microsoft, and they're they're doing a live-action show. So we're starting to have those experimentations. and, And that alone, to me, says that people are seeing how the video game industry is maturing. I just think we have a long way to go. And whichever company is backing the project really has to believe in the project and allow the time for the creativity to really um, flow and have, you know, the financial um, resources to back such a project. Yeah. I, I, I I wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, You know, again, I think it, it, it is there. I think there are, there are a couple of things. Um, you know, the the first is the difficulty with which uh, it it is to create to to produce a video game is something that may be lost on uh, people that come from Hollywood, that come from TV and cinema. Um, the the fact that they are able to create a movie 
Um, even though a lot of these big budget movies are done on computer screens now, um, the, there it isn't a one to one translation of just going. Well, if I can make you know, if I can make Mission Mission uh, Mission Impossible twenty seven, then I can make you know whatever game, uh, and and you know just cause four, and that that it it isn't it isn't necessarily true. Um, so, and it doesn't mean it's going to be as good or as successful when you, when you, when you attempt to do that. So the learning curve, I think is greater for the directors, for the Hollywood types when they come over to, when they come over to, uh, video games and they try to apply their craft in the very same way and, and realize that they can't. Um, and, and then the other part is that it is, it is fickle. There is a there is a part of part of that learning curve is learning what you can or can't do within within the games and then if you're not a gamer when you if you don't understand games maybe the things that you want to do aren't that hot like maybe you want people to get really deep into the minutia of something that's just not going to be fun um and you know you got to you got to understand those challenges and and overcome those challenges as well and and that that part is difficult um the one thing that i will say is that uh guillermo del toro is a is a wonderful storyteller i love his movies i love his vision i love the way he explores a world um and it would have been great to have him team up with someone who would have allowed, who would have translated his vision to the video game world in a, in a really compelling way. And it's uh, sad that we won't be able to get to see an original story from him, but hopefully we'll be able to see some meaningful games, uh, some meaningful stories out of things that he's made in the past. Um, so, um, yeah, so that is... That is the present. Um, it is also the past, and what is now the past is this episode. Uh, this episode is is <laughs> now coming to a close. Um, Matt and and Javi, uh, I want to say it has been a, a a delight having you guys. Um, you know, talk to Bracago and talk to me and. And if uh, the chemistry that and the eloquence and the articulation and all of the beautiful uh, superlatives that I can muster, um, if this is any example of what the chromatic life is like, um, you guys will be around for a very, very long time. And soon we'll be begging you to be on on your show so that we can bump up our numbers. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh so uh, thanks so much, guys, for, for being on and, and being gracious and wonderful people. Uh, thank you so much, Cicero. Your kind words are uh, always um, always welcome. And uh, thank you so much to Brocago for being such a, a lovely p- place nice, to reside nice. in. I loved uh, being in Brocago for two days today. It, it took me two days to record this episode because when I started, <laughs> it was the 14th. Look at that. There you and go. now it's the 15th where I'm at. So, you know, we're... You know, I stay in Chicago for an extended stay. Absolutely. Absolutely. The rates are perfect, man. 
The rates, the rates are beautiful. <laughs> um, you will, you will be getting uh, your Starbucks um, cards. You'll nice. get some Starbucks gift cards for for recording today, and uh, they are redeemable at any uh, participating Bricago Starbucks. Um, so make sure you go and check those out. Um, right. How can <laughs> how can uh, people who have not heard uh, more than bits or geeks and sneaks or fresh out of tokens, but uh, specifically the Chromatic Life? How can they how can they find you guys? So you can find everything at geeked.f uh, geeked.fm. So there you can find all of our posts. We have all the podcasts up there. Um, if you want to follow uh, Chromatic Life on Twitter, that's at Chromatic Life FM. And you know we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on Facebook. So wherever you're at, we're there too. Make sure you find us, like us everywhere, and uh, and uh, if you liked our conversation, please uh, please give the Chromatic Life. Uh, a chance i'm sure you guys will love it um matt do you want to go take care of your other stuff yeah so at more than bits at uh at the twitters you can also find it obviously on itunes you can find it on facebook you can find it on geek.fm if you're a parent and you really want to talk about uh, or listen to us talk about uh, how to parent a geek uh stuff that we're playing you know parenting tips for the geek uh dad or mom out there then definitely come and join us because we go through some cool stuff every week, and we have some nice playful banter as well. And, of course, uh, anything else that's out there, geek, Geeks and Sneaks, if you want to listen to something where you're out there working out and be inspired. And, of course, the lovely, beautiful, playboy honoree, Tanya DePass, fresh out of tokens. Uh, check that out anytime. She's always a catalyst of, of great conversation and uh, definitely looking at things from a diverse perspective. So. Check it out. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, it's time for our social biz, uh, social media business. Our social business. Um, our social media business is as <laughs> follows. Um, the uh, the absent but not forgotten Kajakins and myself can be found on Twitter at Kajakins and at Stubby Stan, respectively. Our show can be found on all social media networks. If you go to Spawn on Me... Um, you can also find the show on our network home, esn.fm slash spawn on me, or also by going to our site directly, spawnon.me. And, uh, you know, our site is, uh, or our show is available on iTunes and Stitcher and, and all of those good places, wherever you find your podcast, uh, remember to rate and like, and subscribe and tell your friends and do all that stuff. Uh, it's really, really helpful for us if we can get some more ratings, um, because, uh, you know, that, that boosts, that boosts us that be boosting us. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm saying words. I should stop saying them. Um, also, uh, if you if you're really enjoying what we're doing and you want to help us um, get better equipment, get to different shows. Um, you know, one thing that we didn't talk about today was that the PlayStation experience has been dated and the location has been uh, solidified. And that's San Fran. Um, so, you know, we want to be able to get to things like that. Uh, you can help us by going to our Patreon while you're going to our Patreon, patreon.com slash spawn on me. You can also go and, and support uh, Geeked FM by going to patreon.com slash Geeked FM, right? That's exactly right. And uh, All right. any donation is welcome, even 50 there cents. There you go. There you go. Um, 
So, yeah, uh, that is everything. That is uh, Bricago. That is Spawn on Me, episode 54. Uh, for Matthew Lancaster, for Javier Piano, I am Cicero Holmes, and we say peace. 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 peace.